And please, before anything else happens, take one last final look at this mustache. It will be leaving us this week, praise the Lord. That's what she thinks. I've begged and pleaded to see if we could have it through uh, Christmas, and I'm running into some resistance, guys. And I don't have as many years as some of you in my marriage, but I have enough to know that sometimes it's wisdom to honor and listen to your wife. So I made a strong commitment through November, so I'll probably try to keep that, and then it's gone. So, but I'm just getting to the point where I can, like, really, really do it. I'm like, come on, one more month. Anyway. The mullet's probably going to go, too, because I'd look really creepy with a mullet no mustache. Like, I got the whole creeper thing going on right now. So anyway, how many enjoyed Thanksgiving? Yeah, it's good. Um, and I know sometimes we look at it as, like, sometimes we, we reflect on the year, and sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to, to look back and realize, um, like, what the year we went through. I, I know Kurt and Heather... They each lost a father just within the last couple months. So, so what that thanks, first Thanksgiving without their dads may have been like. And so it's hard, but I know if you reflect on Nicole's message last week in 1 Thessalonians 5, it talked about being thankful in all things. And the past two years have certainly put things in perspective, hopefully to all of us, of, of what really matters. What, what really matters to be thankful for. What, what things eternally that matter, right? There's some big things going on in our world right now. There's some big things going on in society. There's actually a really good opportunity this week on December 1st. Mississippi is having a court case uh, that is possibly could have the ripple effect to overturn Roe versus Wade. Those of you who don't know, that decision made in Roe versus Wade that abortion was legal and okay has killed over 60 million babies. It's over 2,000 a day. So if we look at COVID and how tragic some of the things have been that we've been enduring over the last couple of years, look, look at that. Look at that killer. So on, uh, on December 1st, Mississippi is going to have a, a court case begin, and that has the potential to have a ripple effect to maybe the federal courts would rule uh, that each state would have the right to choose uh, that it would be illegal to have an abortion. So if you could just pray with me and pray with us. Steve Justice brought to, to this to my attention this morning, and if we could just pray. Let's pray right now. Let's do that. Lord, we just thank you for, for the good things that are happening in society. We thank you uh, that even in a hopeless culture at times, Lord, that you bring hope, that you make a, 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 you make a field ripe, ready for harvest, that, Lord, this is one thing, Lord, that's happening, Lord, and we just pray, Lord, that your hand will be in it, that you protect the unborn, that, Lord, there is a sanctity in life and there is a preservation of life in your kingdom and in your will, Lord, and we pray right now in America that you will make abortion illegal. We pray that you protect those babies who are being murdered and unjustly killed, Lord. We pray for the unborn, and we bless them, and we thank you, and we pray that they may see life and life more abundantly here on earth. We thank you, and we pray your will be done in Mississippi and beyond in the rest of the states of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, can, is it okay if we start with some activation rather than finish with activation? All right, so sometimes I do a delay anyway to let kid, uh, kids' parents come back in. Uh, but Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says this, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Let us consider to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting the meeting together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Okay, 
I don't know about you, but the more I'm, th- I'm, I'm intentionally thankful for and the more I give thanks for, the more thankful I am. Does that make sense? The more I encourage others, every once in a while, I just go on an encouraging spree, okay? And I'll just start texting and encouraging or calling or messaging or whatever. Like, hey, God loves you. You're doing amazing. Like, just this encouraging spree. And all of a sudden, I realize after just a short while doing that, I feel better. Anybody else like that? When I start thinking positive, I start being positive, right? It's that thing. So one last verse, 1 Thessalonians 5. We, we dwelled here a little bit last week. I want to read on just a little, and then we're going to do an activation. Then I'm going to get into a message to hopefully connect Thanksgiving to Christmas and launch us into this Christmas season for the real foundation of why we have Christmas, okay? So, but 1 Thessalonians 5, and we're going to start at verse 9. It says, for God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. How many know that we serve a really good father? Jesus is a good God. It's not just about his anger, wrath, and judgment. He's loving. He's closer than a brother. He's our best friend, right? He's a loving Jesus. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we will live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. This is Paul talking to the church. He's like, do these things. And then he goes into some final advice here. But I I love that. I I love that. There is a day coming. Like, let's just sit and ponder that. Sometimes we skip forward, and and me, I get so passionate about seeing people get saved and set free and delivered, and I I get so passionate about seeing people equipped to their destiny and and fulfilling their giftings and anointing and calling God. I sometimes lose sight that there is a day coming where Jesus is returning. Man, just soak in that for a moment. There is a day coming where we will see Jesus in all of his glory face to face. We're entering this season where Jesus was sent to this earth so that one day he would die for us, so that we could live and one day he'll return. And there is a day coming where we will be in eternity forever. And we'll join all the hosts of heaven We'll join the angels and we'll get to worship him day and night and night and day and day and night and night and day and continually sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come and we'll never have to stop singing that tune. Wow, that was encouraging. Isn't it though? Man, there's a day where all this sorrow, all the tough Thanksgivings, all the tough Christmases, all the tough Mother's Day and Father's Days or, or maybe infertility issues, all that, all that will be gone and there'll be a day where there's no sorrow, there's no pain, there's no loss, there's no financial issues, there's no worrying about what somebody else is saying or doing, but just Jesus. Where all of our focus and attention won't be distracted by gifts or Black Fridays or shopping or craziness and lines, but Jesus. All right, let me continue on. This is not the message. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders. This is a good word, y'all. In the Lord's work, they work hard hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. That's funny to read as a pastor. (laughs) Honor me double. Anyway. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. Who? 
That person in front of you on the interstate doing 59 and a 70, do what? Don't give them the middle finger. Give them the blessing finger. No, I'm just kidding. Be patient. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Man, we were made to be the light, amen? We were made to bring love into possibly a loveless world right now. We were made, we were created. Jesus Christ in us is the hope of glory, to bring hope to the hopeless. We are meant for those dark places, y'all. We are meant for those dark alleys, those dark roadways, those dark places, those places without Jesus. We were made for that. Your kids were made to be in some of those schools. You were made to go into those places you disagree with. You were created. You were born for such a time as this. You were born to, to engage culture and actually be the light and be the head and not the tail. Be the lender, not the borrower. Be the influencer. Be the thermostat, not the thermometer. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Corey and Nicole elaborated on that a lot last week. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not quench, do not diminish, do not ignore, do not, do not prevent Holy Spirit from working in us, around us, through us, among us. Do not quench the gifts, do not quench the prophecy, do not quench the speaking in other languages. Do not, I could go on and on and on, the works and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Do not quench Holy Spirit. Do not quench his agenda. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Test it. Hold on to prophecies, the good ones. Know the ones, test it. Test it to the word. Does it line up? But test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil, all right? So two contexts there. The point was to get to this. Encourage one another, love one another. So here's a little activation we're gonna do for just a few moments. And uh, if you're online, I'm gonna ask Cheryl to log into our Facebook and she's gonna encourage you online right now, okay? Well, I'll give her like 37 seconds, okay? She's gonna encourage you online, or you can encourage each other online if you're watching live stream or later. But those of you who are in here, you have two jobs to do right now. I want you to get to somebody, preferably not your spouse, but if that's all you're comfortable with, that you can stay there, or your friend. If you're new here, we're not gonna pick on you too much, but we want you to go out of your comfort zone. I want you to do two things, all right? I want you to say one thing you're thankful for to somebody, and I want you to encourage somebody. Let me just say this, Paul's definition of prophecy in Corinthians talks about to comfort, exhort, to uplift, to make better. Sometimes prophecy, we would exchange the word encourage because you're calling forth what heaven's seeing, what somebody may not be seeing in themselves. Prophecy is simply noticing what heaven is noticing, what God is noticing, bringing that forward and calling it forth in somebody's life, okay? It's not, we, we get overwhelmed, we say, go prophesy over somebody. No, just encourage somebody, and that is a version of prophecy, okay? So, to, ready, set, go. One thing you're thankful for, and encourage somebody. Hit it. You got three minutes. Three minutes, and then just do it with each other. Online right now, Cheryl is going to give you a, an encouraging word for all who are listening and watching.
All right, if you've not switched up, you don't have to switch people, but it's the other person's turn now. So one thing you're thankful for, one thing you're encouraging. It could be a compliment. You're just calling forth destiny. You're calling forth life. All right, 30 more seconds. Thirty more seconds. Actually, you're down to ten. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. How many feel better in the room just, just now? How many feel better? Never diminish the power of love and encouragement. It just changed an entire atmosphere. It changed a life potentially. That's what happens when you take, take your time at a grocery store. You ask how your server is or, or you engage culture around you. And it could simply be encouragement, it, which is really a camouflage word or could be for a prophecy. You're calling forth things of the unseen world to the seen world of what God's already seeing, okay? So it just changed the room. It could change lives. So we encourage you to do that. All right, can I get into the message now? That was all free. Amen. That was just bonus. That was bonus footage. You didn't have to pay for it. We didn't charge admission for that one. This is the time of season where we, we really get busy, okay? We go from thing to thing. We start to get focused on what am I going to get this person? You go from party to party. You go from holiday to holiday. There's all this thing. And, and the reality is, like, it's not meant to go from, from Thanksgiving just to Christmas. We fast forward and life happens and, oh, and we look back and it's all over. No, it's not meant to even go from holiday to holiday. It's, it's not just a holiday of Thanksgiving. We need to be in a lifestyle of Thanksgiving. It's not just a holiday of Christmas honoring Jesus' birth and his existence and his, 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 his crucifixion and resurrection. No, it's a lifestyle of that. So hopefully we can lay some foundation today as you move through this busy season. And I know it's busy for all of us and there's all these things pulling and just culture in general speeds up right now, right? That month roughly between Thanksgiving and Christmas is sometimes this chaotic, crazy, what just happened? Ah, so hopefully we can slow down a little bit. So we're going to start in Psalms 100, okay? And we're going to bridge this thing from Thanksgiving to Christmas. Um, Steve Bowen's excited to, to, to speak next week. He was telling me what he's speaking on. I can't wait to hear it, be a part of it, and, uh, and then continue from there in the following weeks. So Psalms 100, this is fun. I'm going to read two versions, or at least a portion of two versions. It's a short psalm, and it's called a psalm of thanksgiving. So, shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with what? Joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Now, here's the two verses we're really going to focus on for a while here today. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his what? His name something powerful about the name of Jesus. For the Lord is good, his unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. He never changes. The delivery system may change, right? The message doesn't. 
how we present Jesus may change, how the music, the style of music may change. You know, there's folks in here that are sitting here that, that some of this stuff they probably don't even like. They would rather the old hymns. Anybody with me? Things change. <laughs> And that's okay. Sometimes we integrate them, and sometimes they're part of it. But then there's some people here, they're like, man, this stuff's awesome. I, I love it, right? And there's those moments, though, when we came back to, oh, come let us adore him. And then we're all joined in unity, and you felt that moment today where we're like, wow, this hits all of us. Because we're just blessing his name. We're adoring him. It, worship connects us. Let me read the Passion Translation in verses 4 and 5. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with what? Thanksgiving. Now I love this part. Come bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you. And he is famous for his faithfulness towards who? All. Everyone knows our God can be trusted. For he keeps his promises to every generation. Come bring a thank offering that we can bless, we can, we can adore, right? We can, we can worship his beautiful name of who he is, his nature, his very being, the essence of who Jesus is, right? So we, we get through this and every time we enter his presence, we get to enter with thanksgiving, that we're not entering as brats and entitled people, right? But we enter with thanksgiving. We, we get to come into the inner courts with praise. For those of you who don't know, the Old Testament talks about the tabernacle or the temple, right? And there's the outer courts, there's the inner courts, and, and I've explained that through the years. And if you want to know more about it, please Google research what the temple or the tabernacle is. But there, here... David is saying, he's saying, now we get to enter into the inner courts. We get to come and to be intimate with Jesus. We get to come to the closest part of the temple with the Lord, right? And we get to praise him. That's the invitation. When, when Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave, and that, that veil was torn, all of a sudden, in the temple, there was this veil that was this space. It was this preventer, okay? It was this barrier that only the high priest could go on the day of atonement to the holiest of holies on your behalf. Well, what's amazing is Jesus came, right? And he conquered death on the grave. And it says that the veil was torn from heaven to earth, okay? So all of a sudden, that, that separation of what Old Testament theology and Old Testament stuff was, was now gone because now Jesus became the propitiation and he became the answer to all of that. And now we don't have to go on the day of atonement or through a high priest or somebody else. We get an all access pass to Jesus Almighty ourselves. Where heaven literally was, was the barrier, the, 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 the thing preventing us to have all access was torn from heaven to earth, bringing heaven to earth to us, okay? So just a little foundation there. But there's this amazing thing that we get to boldly, the Bible says we get to boldly approach the throne. We get to come into communion with Jesus. We get to come into the intimacy, and we get to do it with thanksgiving and praise. Let me, let me, let me move on here. Thank offering. See, freely we receive, freely we give. Well, what do we have to give? Thanksgiving. What do you have to give? Yourself, as a living sacrifice. Not a dead sacrifice, a living sacrifice. We get to live. We get to, we get to be, the, the word worshipers, it says worship him in, in verse 2. And I'm going to elaborate on this in a minute when we're talking about Mary. But that actually means to labor for him, to serve, right? 
to work for. That, that, that definition of worship wasn't just adoration. It wasn't just praise or thanksgiving. The word worship there came from the root word that means labor, serve, work for. Now, not, now let's, let's not get our, our, our culture into this. Not work for as in earn. We don't earn God's grace. We don't earn his mercy. There's nothing we can do or not do that would earn any more love for us than what he already has that he's lavished on us. But we get to come in and we get to serve. We get to labor. We get to be part of a body. We get to, to serve on a Sunday. We get to be part of a family here. We get to be the bride. We get to be in unity. We get to serve and do unto the Lord everything we do. These are the things that worship is. I remember once we had Rick Pino here, and he's a worship leader, became a friend, and one of the questions says, how do you, when do you write songs? How do you soak? When do you spend time with the Lord? How, how do you worship? He's like, I change diapers and do dishes. So what, he's, so what was his answer? I'm like, that's pretty amazing. He says, I don't have the time in my schedule to soak like some others for four and six hours every day. I don't have time to, to spend six, seven, eight hours a day with the Lord and write songs and do this as a lifestyle and daily. He's like, but when I'm changing a diaper for my wife, I'm worshiping the Lord because I'm doing unto him everything I do. When I'm wiping the dishes, I'm thanking the Lord for this opportunity. My friend Joel Reichlin lost his wife. He's, he's my age and he lost his wife to cancer. And I said, man, Joel, what do you miss most about your wife? He said, I miss serving her. He's like, I miss taking out the trash and doing dishes. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I used to complain about it every single time she asked me to do something like that. And in my heart, I hated it. He's like, now there's nothing I would want to do more than to do dishes or take the trash out for my wife. And I would do it with gladness. That's the heart of the perspective of thankfulness, that it's not just about being thankful for all the stuff we have. The stuff really doesn't matter. We don't carry it with us to eternity. It's the heart posture to God saying, man, I'm thankful in all things. Like Nicole was talking about last week, I'm even thankful for the junk. I'm thankful for the crap. Sorry, there's some kids probably in here. So how do we do it? First off, we have to realize it's not about me. Worship, thanksgiving, praise, thankfulness, it's not about me. It's, it's, it's about God, and it's not just about what he needs, it's what he desires. God does not need our specific worship. He's got angels in heaven continually worshiping him for eternity. But he desires it. He wants it. He wants our thanksgiving. He wants our adoration. He wants us to adore him. He wants us to, to focus our affections on him more than buying the gifts for the people. He wants us to bow down and worship him. More than getting crazy about the season and the holiday and the commercialism and more about anything else, he wants us to sit around a table with family or friends or, or just take a moment with him and have communion. Let me, let me move on here. Let's, let's go to Mary. It's interesting that, you know, we sometimes even lose sight that Thanksgiving isn't just about being thankful for things. It's actually celebrating the harvest. We, we can't get so far removed from culture that we forget that the very essence of why Lincoln reinstalled or, or created a united holiday for Thanksgiving in our country was for us to celebrate the harvest, us to celebrate the things that have happened, us to celebrate our blessings. It was just after and during the Civil War, all of this. There was a lot of hardship, right? So it became an official United holiday. There was an editor that helped push this, and it became an official United States holiday. 
But we can't lose so sight that it's actually celebrating the harvest. It's during harvest season, but you can't have a har harvest without seed, okay? And I want to talk and just get into the greatest seed that was ever planted on this earth, Jesus. So Mary, let's go to Luke 1. Is it okay if we just start the Christmas story today? Are, are, you, like, are you guys like me? Like, literally, we, we pretty much have a rule. There is no Christmas until Thursday night on our drive home from Thanksgiving. Anybody else like that? Or at least Friday. Generally, Nicole, uh, she does not allow Christmas music, nothing, no decorating, nothing, until Thursday night, the drive home from Doug and Kim Powell's. We find the, the station that, that has Christmas music, and they keep changing it around on us. Those of you who don't know, it's 103.9 this year. We tune it in. We drive by the church. The lights are on. All right, and then we drive home. I have my lights on a timer. They're on for the first night. I plugged them in that morning, and now it's Christmas. All right, anybody else? Okay, so, Nicole, I had this plan today to talk about Thanksgiving. It's still November. I was like, it's November. We talk about Thanksgiving in November. November's Thanksgiving. She's like, Aaron, it's Christmas. Thanksgiving's over. So, my, my heart is to bridge the holiday of Thanksgiving with the holiday of Christmas on the foundation of Jesus, Okay. So, Luke 1, 26. I'm going to read quite a bit here for a moment. All right? 1, 26 through 38. And then I'm going to give you the Aaron version paraphrase, okay? You're going to love it. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over his Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Come on, somebody. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. How many are thankful for the power of the Holy Ghost? So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren. Now, now let me give you context. Mary's like questioning this angel, like, How's this going to happen? I'm a virgin. How am I pregnant? And now the angel is not only telling her, like, no, it's a holy thing. The Holy Spirit's coming upon you. You will. Like, not only is God doing this, now she's giving her practical example. She's giving her a prophetic word, a word of knowledge and prophetic word. The angel is giving Mary a prophetic word, word of knowledge, saying, now, you can believe this because your old-aged Elizabeth is also going to have a child, and it's going to be John the Baptist. Okay, so here we go. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded. Now remember that word worship in Psalms 100? I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Then what happens is a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
This was a, a, a similar encounter. This was, now this is still Old Testament theology. This is still Old Testament times. Jesus hadn't yet come, okay? And now she's filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you remember, the Holy Spirit existed at the foundations of the earth. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Now she's also getting verification that Elizabeth's pregnant. What the angel said about her must be true of me. There's something special about Mary and what's happening because all of a sudden she just received the Holy Spirit and her baby's leaping for joy inside her. This is fun. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. You submitted, you agreed to it, and because of your belief, you, will, you are now blessed. Now what happens? Anybody with the real Bibles, what's the next series of verses? She sings a song, writes and sings a song of praise. The first thing upon proof or, or verification or, yes, this is happening, now her heart is to praise God. The first thing, before Jesus was born, she's praising. Now can I give you my version? Here's what Gabriel's saying. Here's what the angel's saying. Yes, you're gonna carry the Messiah, and his name's gonna be Jesus, but your life's about to be disrupted. You're about to be the laughingstock of the community. You're gonna be shamed. Most people aren't going to believe you. Your fiance is actually gonna consider leaving you and question your, this, this whole entire thing, right? And then, by the way, you're going to go to give birth and you're gonna be homeless. And by the way, Joseph forgot to make reservations on your journey, so now you don't have a place. And you're gonna give birth to this Messiah next to a bunch of farm animals. And then your little boy is gonna grow up and be murdered be brutally beaten, be tortured and crucified for all of humanity and you're gonna watch every bit of it and your heart's gonna long for what's happening. That's really, in essence, what the angel came to say to Mary. You're going to give birth to the Messiah, but it's not easy. Here's what you're gonna go through. She says, I'm your servant. Whatever you say, make it true. I'm willing. And then what did she do? Knowing the Messiah, knowing that she was going to be pregnant with Jesus, what was her first thing in her heart? To praise. Let me, let me carry on one more example here. We're going to go to Matthew 2, 9 through 12. Band, you can come on up. After this interview, oh, and by the way, my, I forgot this interpretation. You're gonna to have to basically flee because King Herod's gonna to wanna to try to kill him. This is a young girl, a young teenage girl, going through this, being willing to carry the Messiah, being willing to be a servant of the Lord, to do the Lord's plan to connect us back to the Father. All right. Is it okay if we read about the wise men already? It's not too early in the year for that. After this interview, the wise men went their way. It was the interview with the king. He's trying to trick him. Tell, tell me where Jesus is. Go find him. He wants to kill him. It says, And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with what? 
joy, thanksgiving, right? Praise. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother. Now here's what I want to focus on. Before we start getting into parties, before we start getting into all these other things that the Christmas season brings, which are wonderful, which are amazing. I think I heard something recently on the radio. A kid was asked, did you get what you wanted for Christmas? And he said, no, but it's not my birthday. Before we get consumed with commercialism and busyness, and which, which I love parties. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a party animal. Look at me. I love that stuff. I love family. I love being connected. I, I love gifts. I love more so giving gifts and seeing reactions and being intentional. And I love that. But before the wise men gave gifts, they bowed down and worshiped him. The moment they come in, they see Jesus. They see Mary. They bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned their own, to their own country by another route. When you meet Jesus, you never go out the way that you came in. You, you're always changed. You're always transformed that you'll leave a different way than you came. I don't know about you, but my heart, my life, my thoughts, my mentality, my, my theology, my personality was absolutely transformed after being an atheist, meeting Jesus, the real Jesus. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened up their treasure, tre treasure chest and gave him the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I encourage you this year, not just to let Thanksgiving pass away, not just to let that season of those few days or, or maybe November pass away, but that's literally the foundation of when we get to enter his presence, which is all around. He's omnipresent, he's omnipotent, he's all-knowing, he's always with us, right? That when we step into that, that, that realm of, of acknowledgement of God and adoration, that we're filled with thanksgiving. It's a lifestyle, not an event or a holiday. That when we come into this season, now Christmas, that it's not about a party. It's not about what gift I got. Is it going to be good enough? Or what did I get? Or, or whatever. It's literally about a king of kings that came as a baby to set you and I free. He came so that we could adore him. <laughs> Why don't you stand with me? Here's how we're gonna start the Christmas season. I've asked the band to come up and go back into worship. So for a few minutes, we're, we're gonna just change our hearts. This is one thing we do when we tuck our kids in and, and pray. One of the things I love to do is I say a couple phrases. And as I pray, I say, okay, Lord, we turn our affection to you right now. We focus our attention on you. And, and sometimes I'll have the kids turn their hearts and we just do like a little like an unlock it's kind of we've been doing it since they were babies okay now lord we, we focus our attention our affection we turn our adoration to you let our focus be on you as we fall asleep did you know he created night and day our days actually start at night and if our nights start great then our next day will be amazing right so so we get to fall asleep as we're adoring him and we 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 usher our kids into his presence and we usher our kids into these encounters nightly to allow them to have their focus and their attention as they're falling asleep, be godly. 
That's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna just turn our affection, turn our adoration, turn our thanksgiving still towards him. So I, I, I love this song and I don't know if they're gonna be able to get to it, but there's, it's called Heart of Worship and it, and it says, I'll bring you more than a song. And like today, there's some things running through my head. I'll bring you more than, than a gift. I wanna bring myself as a living sacrifice. I wanna bring my heart to you. I, I wanna, before I get busy, before I get consumed by trying to bless the Lord, before I try to give him a gift or before I try to use an anointing or, or operate in something, I want my heart to be postured to him because I can't give something I don't have anyway. So I wanna give just, just my adoration. And all of a sudden, it's this, it's this thing to where as we begin to offer up an incense of worship, praise, and thanksgiving to the Lord, all of a sudden he begins to pour out his spirit, his presence, his goodness, his love, his power, his spirit, right? It's all here, but we enter into this, this exchange where heaven and earth collide and become one, and we get to just, I'll bring you more than a song, Lord. So as the band starts to sing this, just I'd love to start in prayer and just as we begin to just transition into worship. Lord, we thank you. We give you thanksgiving, not just in a month or not just in a day or a couple days, Lord. We give you thanksgiving in our hearts, Lord. Right now, we adore you. We thank you, Jesus. We turn our affection to you, Lord, right now. Before the busyness, before the craziness, Lord, we bow down we worship you. Just like Mary, we praise you. Before Jesus is even born, she praised you, Lord. Let us have that heart. Let us have that submission as servants to you, Lord. Let us have that belief to you, Lord, that no matter what, you're good. It's not about an event or what we get or the things or the stuff, Lord. It's not about the ministry or the building, Lord. It's about you. The ministry doesn't mean anything if your presence isn't here, Lord. So we come in oneness with you, Lord. We come and, and, and we ask, Lord, that we can join you, the Holy One, in worship. Let us join with the angels. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. I want you to get comfortable. However you worship, the front's open, the aisles are open. I, per, I, I encourage you to get out of your comfort zone, get out of... Sometimes that's a security thing. I remember being a kid, I am not lifting my hands. I am not clapping. I'm a tough guy. And I would grip the back of that seat in front of me or I'd hide behind a drum set. The Lord is inviting you to intimacy, the inner courts right now where we can enter his gates, enter his, his courts with thanksgiving and praise. There's an invitation here that, that we settle the busyness from the weekend, the stuffing and the turkey, and we get to just come in and adore him. So Lord, we thank you. We posture our hearts to you right now in Jesus' name.